You are listening to the audio podcast of the weekly message preached at Central United Methodist Church in Arlington, Virginia. You're invited to worship with us in person on Saturdays at 4.30 p.m. or virtually through Zoom or Facebook on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. Visit us at www.cumcballston.org. There you can learn more about our congregation and how we worship God, serve others, and embrace all. The scripture today is Genesis 12, 1 through 9 from the Common English Bible. The Lord said to Abram, Leave your land, your family, and your father's household for the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation and will bless you. I will make your name respected and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. Those who curse you, I will curse. All the families of the earth will be blessed because of you. Abram left just as the Lord told him, and Lot went with him. Now Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. Abram took his wife Sari, his nephew Lot, all of their positions, and those who became members of their household in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan. When they arrived to Canaan, Abram traveled through the land as far as the sacred place as Shem, at the Oak of Moreh. The Canaanites lived in the land at that time. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, I give this land to your descendants. So Abram built an altar there to the Lord who appeared to him. From there he traveled toward the mountains east of Bethel and pitched his tent with, with Bethel on the west and I on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and worshiped in the Lord's name. Then Abram sent out toward excuse me, toward the southern plain, making and breaking camp as he went. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you join me in prayer, please? Gracious God, as we gather together to worship you, we thank you for the ways in which we already have. Your spirit is truly in this place, and we've experienced it through liturgy, through times of prayer, through our wonderful kids, and God, also through the beautiful music we've been able to experience already. As we prepare to hear a message, I just pray right now, the meditations of all of our hearts would be pleasing to you. We pray this in your son's name. Amen. Well, when I think about being a blessing to others, I think immediately about this story I heard. Now, this is one of those stories that gets passed around on the internet, but, you know, with four kids, I could totally see it happening. Um, But I, I think it's interesting and maybe some of you who have been around small children uh, can relate to it. One morning, a parent is making pancakes for their children. And there were two of them, an older one and a younger one. And as they are flipping out pancakes and taking care of everything, the stack gets higher and higher. And as we all know, the best pancakes are the ones that just come out of the griddle. 
And the two children begin to argue with one another. They begin to say, you know, that's mine, pancake. And the parent who was always looking for a reason to be able to point out an application to our faith says, stop, I want you all to stop. And I want you all to think, what would we do if Jesus were here right now? Because my guess is Jesus would let their brother have the pancake first. The two kids look at each other and let it sink in. And the older one looks at the younger one and goes, Mom, I think that's a really great lesson. Younger brother, you be Jesus today. Right? So a lot of times when we think about this idea of being a blessing to others, it's always someone else being a blessing to us. Very rarely do we, at least in my own life, seriously intentionally consider in my day-to-day activity to be a blessing to someone else. Now, I don't want to be a curse to someone else, but I just am so sometimes self-focused on what I need to do, where I need to go, what is happening around me, all the things that I have to get done that I rarely go around and say, you know, what can I do today to be a blessing to someone else? Especially when that blessing doesn't some way reciprocate back to me. And that's the thing with God and when God blesses others. There's nothing that Abram or Abraham, as he's later renamed, can do to repay God. Right? This is a one-time or one-sided deal in a lot of ways. Yes, Abraham is called to go and do some different things. But the truth of the matter is, is that there's nothing that an all-powerful, all-knowing God needs from Abraham. And yet, God still chooses to offer a blessing. And the blessing comes in a lot of different ways. The first blessing that, that God says is that you are going to be numerous. For those of you that might not know the story, at this point, Abraham is a a man advanced in years, the scripture says. And so I think at this point, he has already resigned himself to the idea that he is not going to be having any kids. And that's the case. They don't have any kids. So when God says to Abraham and to his wife, Sarai, or Sarah later on, again, with the whole renaming, Abraham and Sarah will have kids and not only have a child, but the child will be so, there will be so many descendants that they will have an entire nation that comes out from them. And that is really amazing. Secondly, the blessing is that Abraham's name will be great, right? And so there's influence there as well. Abraham will begin to be an influential person. And as we read later on, that's not the case right now. Abraham is leaving his father's house and land and taking just his family and Lot, who is a relative of his. And they're getting ready to head out and go on a long journey. And so again, this idea of a blessing that probably Abraham can't even see at this point is just really, really powerful. And then the thing that God says later on, God says, you know what? 
not only are you going to experience these blessings, not only are you going to have a great number of descendants, not only are you going to be an influential leader, but that the, all the families of the earth, the entire world, will be blessed because of you. Talk about a gift to someone who probably never saw it coming. Someone who is considered too old to be able to have children, probably too old to be influential, right? Not rich enough, not powerful enough, not having the things and resources that we think rich and powerful and influential people should have. And certainly not someone that is in a position to bless the entire world. But the truth of the matter is, is that our God doesn't wait and doesn't look at success, doesn't look at influence, and doesn't look at a person the way the rest of the world does. And the good news for us today is that the same God who blessed Abraham, who didn't have a great resume for this kind of a blessing, is the same God that wants to bless you and I today and the rest of the world as well. Friends, I think that the truth of the matter is, and I've heard a lot of people talking about the decrease in church attendance and things like that, and there's concerns about what's going to happen. Is Christianity on the way out? And the truth of the matter is, I don't think that that's the case. In a world that so desperately is looking for connection, for meaning, and for purpose, I think that we have something to offer the world. The same God who sits back in the scriptures and says, hey, I want you to be a blessing. The same God who calls people to work for justice, inclusion. The same God who is active in the prophets, calling the world to be a better place, calling society into a more holy space. The same God who chose to come down as a baby and to live as a person to show us that there is a different way of doing things is the same God who still is with us today. Thank you. The same God who is there is there as well. So, and... The same God that gives us blessings is the same God who gave my son the ability to draw me and my wife. And <laughs> in a picture. Now go sit down, please, okay? Do one more chance. One more chance. Sit down. Wait, I want to do one thing. Nope, sit down. One thing. No. It's Sweetheart, sit down. Okay. Thank you. We'll edit that out in post, hopefully. Um, please. The same God also is the same God who wants us to be influential in our world as well, right? This idea that we have influence, I think, is something that we don't really think about oftentimes because many of us would say, well, we, we are not one of the richest people in the world. We're not one of the most uh, famous people in the world. We, we don't have the same level of what the society says, hey, this is what we need to do, and this is the way in which influence is earned. But God still gives us influence, when I was in high school, I will never forget this model that was really important to the ways in which I view the world, right? There is this idea of what's called a circle of concern 
and a circle of influence. And some of you may have already heard of this before, but a circle of concern are the things in our lives that we are concerned about. For me, I'm deeply concerned about ecological justice and our world. And I saw that concern raised this week as the smoke from the wildfires was pouring down on the eastern coast and really impacted people with breathing issues here in D.C. and across the whole mid-Atlantic and up towards New York and beyond. I'm deeply concerned about full inclusion in our church. I think that all of God's children are loved and cared for by God. I'm deeply concerned about racism and the stomping out of racism in our society. Those are things that are, I'm, I'm concerned about our, our college students not having enough food to eat to where even this last semester, our food pantry on campus had to shut down because we didn't have enough food to keep up with the demand. These are all things that I'm deeply concerned about, and they are big issues, huge issues. And my circle of influence cannot possibly stomp out all of those concerns. But I can do a little something in my world. I can do a little something in the communities and in the people I meet, and I can work on myself And what I've learned is that while my circle of concern is huge, and maybe my circle of influence is very, very small in comparison, that as I start to work and grow and do things, that my influence grows. I might be able to go to a a place and speak, or I might be able to go to local churches and talk about the food insecurity on campus and get churches to do food drives to reopen the food pantry. Right? Little things to be able to do a bigger thing. Friends, my concern always is, is when my circle of concern is much smaller than what my influence might be. And we've seen leaders who could maybe do much more than they have, but choose instead to use their influence for themselves instead of being a blessing to others as God calls us to be. And so I sit back and I always ask myself, am I doing what I can? Am I using the influence, the blessing, and the promise that God gives to Abraham to be able to help others? Or through my inaction or my selfish actions, am I being a curse to someone else? And then the question always is, what happens when being a blessing is hard? Because it is. With the resources, with what we've been given, with who we are called to be, there are always difficulties in that. We always make mistakes. I wish I could tell you that no matter what I did in my life, that I didn't contribute to those bigger issues that I, that I talked about, but I do. I fail to see ways in which I can act. I fail to be an obedient disciple all the time. I sometimes speak and get frustrated or angry. But at the same time, I know that God's grace is enough and that there's always more work to do. That's what Jesus shows us, is that no matter what, we are forgiven, we are loved, and we are ready to get back in there. No matter what, we can step back up. No matter the mistakes we've made and be a blessing in the world. 
And that includes times when we're uncomfortable, right? Because if you're really going to go out and make a difference in the world, if you're really going to be a blessing to others, if you're really going to be a blessing to people that can't reciprocate, then it's going to be uncomfortable at times. It just is. Because again, we don't know everything. We don't know the ways in which we might hurt somebody. But we're still there. Sometimes we have to put our preferences aside as well, right? Sometimes we may not get everything we want. I can tell you right now that when I'm in the car and I'm listening to my kids' music, it is uncomfortable, right? I don't know what they're singing. I don't know what's going on. But I choose to let them be able to listen to their music even though I don't care for it secretly. Secretly. But at the same time, I do it because I love them and I want them to experience happiness. So I put my preferences aside. And oftentimes we need to do a better job of that in the church and in our communities and as leaders. If we really want to be a blessing to others, sometimes we have to let others be able to lead and to have what speaks to them. I can't always just have it my way. It's not Burger King. And then the question, too, is what happens when we get pushback? When other people may not agree with us, when other people may not understand completely what is happening and what we are doing, we have to be able to stand in that space and take some of that pushback, answer questions for people, help people understand what's going on, help others to understand why this is not a curse for them but is really a blessing in the grand scheme of things. And that, again, is hard especially when it's family. And in a divisive culture where we're trying to figure out everything and everyone has an expert opinion on everything, including myself, it is hard sometimes sitting with others who may not agree with everything I have. And it's also hard wanting to learn more to make sure that I'm being a blessing to others instead of a bull running into a brick wall all the time, which I can be sometimes. I'm sure no one else in here has ever experienced that, but I have. But friends, we live in a world and a society right now that needs more people to, be, to do the work, to be a blessing to others. Again, we live in a time when there's great anxiety in our life and our system. And so what does it look like to say and to take on this call and this invitation from God to Abraham into our own lives? Are we willing to use our influence in ways that give life to others? Are we willing to be able to sit back and realize that that comes with a cost? Are we willing to be a blessing to the whole entire earth, every single person we meet day in and day out, no matter at times the cost that it might have for us? After all, Abraham leaves here. He and Lot separated at some point. But all of these promises come true despite the hardships, despite the journey that they have to go on, despite moving away from everything that is comfortable. And friends, if we're really serious about changing the world, if we're really serious about living into and being disciples of Jesus Christ, if we're really serious about being a blessing, then we have to do the hard work too. And that's my prayer for us today and myself as well. Let us do the hard work because being a blessing can be hard. Amen.